Let's pray. Lord, we worship you. There is such power, such hope, such healing, such help in your name. Father, I come before you right now on behalf of every single person in this room right now. And Father, I pray that everybody in here this week have the opportunity to know what it means that there's power in the name of Jesus. Lord, I don't I don't know where the best spot for them to experience that, feel that and see that is. But but I am absolutely confident that you do. You know exactly where the power of the name of Jesus needs to be felt in each and every one of their lives. Father, I pray this week that they'll see it. Experience it. I pray before this week closes, they will look up to heaven and they will praise you. They will give thanks to you because they will have seen your power and your work in their lives. Lord, you know where it is. God, I ask on their behalf that it would happen this week. Lord, we come now to a time of of opening your word. Because we want to know more about Jesus. We want to understand who he is and what he means to our life and how we enjoy all that he is in our lives. And Lord, maybe most importantly, that you would be able to enjoy us as we follow after your son. So as we open your word, would it have that purpose in our lives this morning? We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I guess the word darkness almost universally is associated with bad things from monsters under the bed, nightmares and stubbed toes to confusion, uh, a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding uh, to just representing pure evil. Darkness brings these kinds of things to mind. As a matter of fact, even when darkness brings something we like, even that can be kind of negative. Sometimes we like darkness because that's where we go and hide from the world. That's where we go and hide from people. That's where we go so we don't have to deal with ourselves. Sometimes we like the darkness because that's where we can go and hide our activities. As bad as darkness is, though, I think we're intrigued by it. Boy, this is really evidenced by by movies. If you look at two of the biggest all-time grossing movies, they have major themes wrapping around darkness. A lot of us know the, the one Star Wars and that battle between the Force and the dark side of the Force. And you know that moment when the evil Emperor and Darth Vader have Luke there and they're, they're trying to lure him, pull him in to the dark side of the Force. And the Emperor says to Luke, Feel your anger. Come to the dark side of the force. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. It, go home, get out your DVD. It's when they're on the ship and they're watching the other ship about to blow up. And you'll say, he sounds just like the evil emperor. I've, of course, I've heard one or two of you say he is the evil emperor. And I'm, I'm not. I was just acting, okay? You know, this summer, this summer we're watching the the. I guess what maybe by the end of this year will be the biggest movie of all time. The Dark Knight. I don't know how long it's been out. I'm, I'm four, four, five, six weeks. It is probably this week going to go over 500 million in ticket sales. 
Obviously, this is something America says we love and we're going to see it over and over and over and over. And yet the most common phrase coming out of that movie is, man, that's dark. And it's dark. It's dark in its violence. It's dark in its injustice. But even more than that, it's dark in its lack of answers. It's dark in its lack of hope. You know, whatever darkness is to you, whatever comes to your mind when you think of the darkness, whether it's comfort or evil or whatever, the fact is, we don't want darkness. Even the kids dressing up for goth and emo who, who want to say life's all about the darkness. Nobody wants darkness. Here's a perfect example. You want your boss to be dark? How, how about your school teachers? You want them to be dark? I know the teachers don't want darkness in the kids. You want darkness in your marriage? You want darkness in your finances? We don't want darkness. In the darkness is where we most doubt God. Where is He? You know what? Darkness is not God's plan for your life or for any peace of your life. We, we open up the first page of the Bible, the very first line, in the beginning, God. Right, right there. Before there was a beginning, God, God exists. He's there. And do you know the very first words in the Bible recorded out of God's mouth? You know what they are? Do you remember? It's just a few lines later. It says, and God said, let there be light. Light is what he created. Light is what he brought. And that light was in opposition to the status of things. Verse 2 describes that status. Things were empty, formless, and dark. See, when God creates light, when God brings light, it is to bring direction, order, meaning, clarity it's the beginning of purpose in your life and in my life light is what god has for you and has for me and do you know what we did with that light we scurried right back into the darkness yeah we, we ran right back to where it's dark to where it's empty to where there's a lack of meaning a lack of why would we do that well, we, we were tricked. Satan came to us and, and he tricked us. He led us to believe that what we really wanted was back in the darkness, not here in the light. The life we want, the life where I'm in charge. I don't have to listen to a God. I don't have to have somebody else tell me what is and what isn't. I, I can go here in the, the darkness and I, I can do that for myself. Now, while we were tricked, we're not innocent. Because we chose, we chose to doubt the goodness of God. We, we chose to doubt the evidence of the, the light all around us. We went back to the darkness. And all of us doing that has produced this world that we live in. That is dark. That, that beats us up, that pummels, that leaves so much emptiness, so many lack of answers, so much hopelessness. And the evil just continues and the darkness just continues and it goes on and on and on and on. Mates cheated on each other 3,000 years ago and they still do today. 
Go back into the dark ages and people lied and stole and cheated. Guess what? All this past week in Colonial Heights, Virginia and the surrounding areas, people lied and stole and cheated. It just keeps going and going and going. We've got this great contradiction. We don't want the darkness and yet we cling to the darkness. We actually love the darkness. That's not my psychological evaluation. That's the accusation of none other than Jesus Christ. He says in John three nineteen, people, you and I fall in that category. People love the darkness rather than the light because of their evil deeds. We love the darkness. We've produced this world of darkness. And yet, after choosing the darkness, after rejecting the light, after rejecting Christ, do you know that that God who created life, that God who created light, that person, Jesus Christ, came back to us? He, he came to us to, to give an opportunity back at light and life. I love the description of this. Would you turn with me to John chapter 1? This is not our key passage of study. I just want us to see light coming into the world. John chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you, we've got some spread out there among the sanctuary. Look on a chair in front of you or maybe a couple chairs in either direction. You should be able to find one copy of God's word. And in John chapter one, he describes the light coming into this world. What's interesting to me is the the similarity between John one and Genesis one. In Genesis one, we have a God who creates a God who brings light and life who comes into this world. And in John one, we see that same God, Jesus Christ. Doing the same thing. Look at verse 4. John chapter 1 verse 4. Life was in him. Look, look at How many words is that? Four words. That's pretty much the whole secret to everything, isn't it? Life's in him. Think of all of the things we're looking to give us life. It's in Jesus. You can end the search. There's the answer right there. Life was in him. And that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man named John. Now, that's not John the Apostle, John who's writing this book, but it's John the Baptist. There was a man named John who was sent from God. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light who gives light to who? Everyone. This light is available to everyone. There's not a single person in this room on this planet that has done something that disqualifies them from coming into a relationship, from coming into a place of receiving and experiencing and enjoying the light. He is the light for everyone. Verse 10, he was in the world and the world was created through him. Yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Why is that? Why would we not receive our own creator? Why, why would we not receive light and life? Well, let me go back to a verse I already pointed to real quickly. John 319. John 319. I want to read a four, a more full explanation of this. You know, a lot of times we turn to John chapter three and, and we're thinking of verse 16 for God so loved the world. Yeah, that's what Jesus said. God so loved you, he sent me. But just a few verses later, later, Jesus goes on to explain this. 
Verse 19, this then is the judgment that light has come into the world. Light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. As we roll through Scripture, folks, it is always very clear a majority of people, a large majority of people will stay in the darkness. They will choose the darkness. They will reject the light. They will reject God. But it's also clear some do want the truth. No matter what it means is exposed in their lives, they're worn out and they're tired of being pummeled in the darkness. They're ready for something different. And that difference is Jesus Christ. He is the world's opportunity for light. He's our opportunity. He's your opportunity for light, for order, for meaning, for direction. Look at one more verse, the focus of our study this morning. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 12. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again. I am... The light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am. I am the light of the world is what Jesus says. Light is not an idea. It's not a a philosophical discussion. Light is not even that orb up in the sky that, that we call the sun. No, the light of this universe is Jesus Christ. He is the source of all light. He is the source of that orb we call the sun. He's the source of enlightenment. When when we think about light being knowledge, understanding, knowing the way, Jesus is the source of that. From scientific to philosophical, Jesus is the source of all light. He says, I'm the light of the world. Boy, that's an impressive statement, isn't it? I, I am the light for the world. Now, that means for every person in the world, I'm their light. Man, that's a lot, isn't it? You know, I have, have people call me, stop me and say, you know what, I'm, I'm dealing with an issue, I'm, I'm dealing with a problem. Hey, could I come and talk with you? And you know, Could we talk about what the Scripture says? I, I need some direction, I need some help here. So they, they come and we sit down and we talk and we talk about what God says and they leave there with some direction, some order. I, I, I helped them out. So man, the pastor really shed some light on that for me. The pastor really helped me on that. I look really, really smart in that moment. Of course, what that person doesn't know is there was three other people I talked with that week, and I said, man, I don't know. As a matter of fact, that may be the, yeah, maybe the most frustrating part of being a pastor is how often somebody does come for help. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know why this doesn't work. I don't know why this is not turning around. I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You see, for somebody, I might be the light. I I might give them some direction, some hope, some answers. And for others, I can't. You're the same way, aren't you? You, I'm sure you can look around your life and you see people that, man, they think you hung the moon. You, You showed them the way. You guided them. You gave that perfect, that timely advice. But... But then there's others. You, you don't know what to say to them. You don't know what to tell them. As a matter of fact, I'll bet most of us in this room, 
I'll bet most of us in the room, we've got at least one person we avoid because we don't want to have to talk to them. We know how bad things are in their life and we don't want them asking us any questions because we don't know what to say. We're just absolutely uncomfortable. I don't know what to say to them. I don't know how to help them. And we see them coming, we kind of look the other way. <laughs> you know what? Jesus never feels that way. There's not a single person ever in existence or today on this planet that Jesus has ever had to say, oh gosh, I hope they don't see me. Oh man, I don't know what to say to them. I, I, I don't know what to tell them. Man, it's just, it's just a mess. I don't know. Jesus never says, I don't know. He can always, always be the light. He always, for all people, in every situation of all time, brings order and clarity and direction and light. He is light for the whole world. Now, there are confident, I am absolutely confident, people in this room right now who would say, you know what, I, I came to Christ when I was 12 years old. I, I came to Christ seven years ago. I came to Christ last year. And when I came to Christ, maybe, maybe they walked down an aisle just like we do at the end of our service. When I came down that aisle, it's because you or, or somebody like you told me if you'll, if you'll come to Christ, there, there, there's order in life, there's meaning, there's purpose. And, and I did that. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not experiencing that. There, there's pockets of darkness in my life. Or maybe they would say, I feel still completely overwhelmed by darkness. I, I'm not experiencing this light that Jesus talks about being. And, and my question in that situation would be this. It's not a, a question of judgment. It's not a, a question of condemnation. I mean, we just have to clarify here why. Why are you not experiencing what Jesus clearly says he is for you? And there's a little question here. Are you following? You see, the one who experiences and enjoys the light that Christ brings does what? Anyone who follows. Folks, our ability to experience the light is in direct correlation to our relationship with Him. To our following of Him. It says anyone. Anyone who follows. Let me say it again. Nobody in this room is disqualified from what Christ has for you. That light or anything else that Christ might bring, it is available to anyone but to enjoy what Christ brings means following. We're actually in a relationship with Him where we follow, we obey. Folks, this, this means we are trusting Him and His way. Which means we are obeying Him and His way. Which means we are actually seeking out Him and His way. Are you following We struggle with that, don't we? We have, a, we have a hard time on this point. We all fail. 
We've all got areas of our life we're not really following very closely. And so then we land in this darkness. This darkness begins to overwhelm and to pummel and to hit. And we say, you know, I don't, I don't know where God is. I, you know, this God thing, this light thing's not working for me. Folks, God's not the problem. It's where and how you're following that is the issue. Now, now the good news is, we call it the good news. We can be forgiven. The grace of God means you can be forgiven of all of those places you're not following. The grace of God means you can start over, 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 over. You can start over. It can be tomorrow as if you'd never failed in following in your whole life. You can start over tomorrow. Now, folks, that grace is awesome and it's wonderful, but we got to understand that grace is intent. That grace is purpose. That grace is transportation to the light. That grace is not so that we stay comfortable back here in the darkness. That grace is not an insurance policy because I want to stay stuck here in the darkness. The grace calls us to, gives us a better life. The grace is not for living in the darkness. God's grace means He is patient. Oh, He is patient with us. He is patient while we what? Stay stuck in the darkness? No, He's patient while we grow. While we grow. While we look less and less and less like the darkness and more and more and more like the light. God loves us. God forgives us so we can come into the light. Not stay comfortable in the darkness. Folks, we've got to recognize this correlation. John says, not in the Gospel of John, but in one of his letters, 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, he says, and now this is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you, what? God is light. Hey, we've heard that, haven't we? Jesus is light, God is light, Jesus is God. God is light. And look at this, there is absolutely no darkness in Him. It doesn't say God allows a little bit of darkness. God's got a place, you know, where there's a little bit of darkness is okay. No, there is absolutely no darkness. None, zero He's not going to relate with. He's not going to be okay with. He's not going to have tea and cookies with darkness. It's not going to happen. And so when I say in this moment, in this relationship, in this decision, in this opportunity, darkness is going to work better for me, God says you're on your own. I have light. I have direction. I have order and clarity for you. But if you're going to choose the darkness as the way to handle this, you're on your own. God is Light. And so if I come in here and say, I have fellowship with God. I'm a Christian. I belong to a church. I, I, I say Christian things. I look like a Christian. Don't I look like a Christian this morning? You know what? I mean, think about it. I mean, I, I say that jokingly, but I do. If somebody saw me leave my house this morning and I look like this, they'd say, that's that's a Christian. He, he's going to church. I've got fellowship with God. Now, I handle my marriage in a way of darkness. I handle people I don't like and who've hurt my feelings. I handle them in a way of darkness. 
I've got my finances completely covered in darkness. What does it say there in 1 John 1, 5 and 6? It says, "Uh uh-uh. Randy, the truth's not in you. You're lying to yourself. You can't come in here and proclaim, I've got fellowship with God, but I'm going to come over here and live and act in a way that is totally comfortable with darkness. Folks, being a Christian is not words that we say. It's not a place we go. Following is how we think and how we live and how we act and how we react. That's what it means to follow. Folks, you and I are to be so close, so enmeshed with Christ that we become the light. Now think about what I've been saying all morning. I've been saying Jesus is the only source of light. The light the sun gives, the light of knowledge, it all comes from Jesus. He's the light. Ah, but you know what Jesus says in Matthew 5.14? You are the light of the world. Now the source of the light hasn't changed. Jesus is still the source of the light. But as I relate with him and I'm close to him, that light begins to shine through my life. I begin to reflect the person of Christ. And Matthew 5.16 goes on to say, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. People are to watch how I act and literally see the light of God. Literally worship Him. That's what's supposed to be happening in your life, in my life, as we follow Christ. Others see His light. So do you see why it is, it is such a, a contradiction to, to who I am, to who we are, when I walk into a situation where I'm supposed to be bringing light, I walk up to these three guys, and they're all standing there telling dirty jokes, and I join them. Wait, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to join the darkness, I'm supposed to bring light. I, I walk up to those three guys and I tell them a lie. I, I walk up to those three guys and start cussing. I walk up to those three guys and I, start, I join them in running somebody else down. Tearing somebody else down. What a contradiction to everything Christ is and everything I am when I say I'm a believer and I go over and I join people in their darkness. I'm to bring light. Folks, I'm not supposed to bring light on Sunday. I'm to bring light everywhere I go all of the time. You bring light into your home. You bring light into the workplace. You know that job you have that you just hate? It's okay to hate it. Pray to God get you out of there. But while you're there, just stop and think, you know what, maybe God has me here because I'm the only light in this room. Until God moves me out of this job, I'm going to be light in this job. Oh, man, what do you mean? How am I supposed to be light in a situation like that? How, How am I supposed to be light in my marriage? Oh, you know what? You pick up this book, you read every single thing it says about marriage, and you just do that. That's it. That's being light. How am I supposed to to bring light to my finances? You pick up the book, you read everything it says about finances. That's the first problem, isn't it? I'm not being. I know what it's about. Just give all your money to the church. Well, you know what? It does. Maybe that's why there's a lot of darkness in a lot of our finances, because I won't do that. I won't trust them. But I do actually have something else to say. The Bible actually does have a lot of other stuff to say about your finances other than giving it to the church. Man, the Bible says stuff about saving and investing and dealing with debt. God knows you have bills. 
He talks about the importance of those bills and caring for a home. God's given you money for other reasons than giving it to the church. He knows that. Man, pick up God's book. Understand it says everything is about finances and just follow it. Do you know God even says something about co-signing loans? I wonder if right now there's an individual who's got a little bit of darkness going on in their life because they co-signed a loan with somebody. You know what? If you'd have found out what God said about that, there'd be zero darkness. When you follow this book, it never marriage, finances, revenge, people who've hurt you. Pick an issue. Pick a problem. Pick something you're dealing with. Go to God's book. Find out what it says. Do it. And you will experience the light of Christ. And as we do that, guess what happens? People who want out of the darkness all around us begin to see there is an answer. There is hope. They see God in us. That's God's plan. Have you come to Christ? Have you ever come to him to experience the light that only he can provide, the light that only he has created? Have you come to Christ? I would imagine many of us in this room would say, well, yeah, I have. Are you following? Are you following him so that you can experience and enjoy that light? And if you say, yes, I am following then, folks, you should be able to see places where you're reflecting. Where people are coming to the light, seeing the light, praising the light because of your life. And how you live and how you act. Not everybody. No, we already know from Scripture a whole lot of people are going to stay in the darkness. But people should see the light in you. Jesus said, I am the light of the world only two responses to that. I reject it. Or I receive it. And receiving it entails three things. Come, follow, reflect. I come to Christ. One time experience. And he receives, he forgives. You become a child of God. You come into eternal life. One time. But, but that's not the end of what Jesus meant when he said come. I come to him. And I follow him. And I reflect him. Come, follow, reflect. It is the life you want. As a matter of fact, it's more than the life you want. It's the life, period. Everything else. Darkness and death. But for you, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I don't know why Satan is so wise and cunning and is able to deceive us so often. I'm sorry that I let him trick me that that there's something better in the darkness. Because, Lord, the evidence of your goodness in the Bible and in the world around me is overwhelming. The evidence of your light is incredible. I don't know a single person, a single situation where you failed. Now, darkness fails over and over and over, Lord, I. The evidence of darkness failing, hurting, emptying, crushing 
lives is so evident. And yet, Lord, we have scurried back to the darkness. Even sometimes after saying we've received the light. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your forgiveness. God, I, I pray that I would no longer lay hold of that as some kind of an insurance policy so I can go back and build a home in the darkness. But God, may your grace and love and forgiveness motivate me, call me, inspire me to the life you've created, to light. I thank you for the Bible that shows me in everything how to enjoy and experience that light. Oh God, would you give us faith to believe Courage to hold on to you. God, I pray all across this room this week, we will come, follow, and Lord, we will reflect. God, I pray Colonial Heights Baptist Church is filled with people reflecting Jesus Christ by how we will live at work, by the conversations we'll have, by how we treat our marriage, how we handle our money and how we entertain. Oh God, may I begin to see every area of my life as an opportunity to reflect the one we love so much. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we ask for this help. Amen.